For over 500 straight weeks, the Sell More Book Show has brought you self-publishing news, tools, and tips, and we're just getting started. Now with rotating co-hosts from the greatest minds in self-publishing, we are truly ready to help you sell more books. I'm Brian Cohen, and on with the show. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Sell More Book Show, episode 511. I'm Brian Cohen from Author Ad School, joined by Jeffrey Mason from HearYourStoryBooks.com. Jeffrey, how are you? I'm doing great, Brian. Thank you. How are you? I'm great. I'm happy you're here. You and I go way back. (laughs) You, You and I have worked together uh from you i'll we'll talk about this later but you listen to one of my older podcasts the relentless authors advertise Mm -hmm. uh you've been a part of the five-day ad challenges one of which i have running now author ad school coaching my pathfinders group all sorts of stuff and so yes and i I move your lawn occasionally yeah, I appreciate that too. We yeah. don't have a lot of lawn, but I, I appreciate the help. Um, it's it's been a good long ride, and and it's been pretty awesome to see your growth as a as a author who sold a million dollars worth of books, which is is crazy to say out loud, isn't it? It's uh, yes. I the amazing Paula and I just don't know how any of this happened, but <laughs> I also know how it happened. If it makes any sense. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I absolutely yeah. understand what you mean. Um, what Last week, we had Kim Ann on the show, who you were a part of a group for Pathfinders yeah. with her. And we had never had a children's book author come on yeah. the show. And we've never had a low-content yeah. author on the show a uh, low content book author on the show until yourself. So we're we're breaking barriers here. Breaking barriers. All the yeah. all the reaches. <laughs> yeah, low content is a term that it definitely applies. It's because it's associated with so much stuff. I kind of yeah. nudge away, but then again it's like no, I kind of do medium content, low content. I mean everything is high quality, everything can be low quality, you know, it's just labels yeah. are labels. So yeah. 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 No, and and I think that some of the labels that you see show up on um low content books are often authors churning out 20 books that they publish in a month that are just journals and calendars and whatnot. Uh you don't really do that though. No, I kind of follow the traditional publishing model where um I decide who I'm making a book for and I decide why they would buy my book. And then I make that book and then we launch it and work it and try to do the, we, we edit, we have a designer. I do, you know, I do all the things that a publishing company would do. So I'm yeah. not just load uploading 60 journals a day that have the same interior, but have a different cover. Yeah, so exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. That and that's the the point of view I think a lot of people have about low content. But you know, I have published a series of workbooks before, which mm-hmm. are low to medium content, and 
those are some of my best sellers. Uh, I also didn't publish a million of them. Uh, usually published one at a time, but you know, it it it's been very rewarding to do that. Yeah. No, I mean it's. Um, I only have thirty-two titles, which I know some low-content people. That's what they put up a day. So, right. <laughs> uh, you know. But yeah, no, absolutely. We're gonna get more into your story a little bit in these questions yeah. and whatnot. Um, what have you been working on lately? I mean, I know, but you yes. you've kind of gone beyond some of the things that you used to do back in 2022 and earlier. Uh, what What's your focus these days for your publishing well, career? One of the, I mean, everything is a vantage disadvantage and the low content space, everything tends to be print based. There are some, I have two titles that are eBooks for the Kindle scribe, but <laughs> you can't do a workbook. You can't do a journal. You can't do a guided journal on a Kindle. Or an ebook, so I have always lived in the in the print world, but that also allows me now I can. We've always had the notion of going wide. For me, that means I can sell my books if I do a print run on Etsy. I can mm-hmm. go to a wholesale show, and stores will buy my books at wholesale and now stock them in the stores and sell them to their customers. So that's the direction I'm, I, w- I want to be everywhere my customer is. So that can be Amazon. But it can also be my website. It can be Etsy. It can be that great little curated boutique in that downtown section of that little cool town that everyone goes to on gift times. And that's yeah. that's what I'm working on right now. So, And that's really cool because you, you think about it. A lot of authors, when they're first starting out, they want to imagine their book in a bookstore. And right. now you're doing it in a, in a way that a lot of people don't think about. Because a lot of people think, oh, well, I'll get some trad pub deal and then I will, you know, maybe get into Barnes and Noble. But your books, maybe they'll end up in Barnes and Noble in in a big way. Maybe they won't. But you are targeting, in a way, these stores individually through wholesalers. You go into these big shows. It's it's not something a lot of authors think about. And I have the advantage over a publisher working with Barnes and Nobles, I'm talking to the person who buys the books in the store. And so I get to hear about their customers, what they need, what they want, what's working for them. So it's a, it's a relationship. It's not just having someone in the middle of that, like we do with Amazon. So. Right. Right. And it, you know, means a few extra steps for you now until you get all those uh, middleman things figured out, but you'll get there. Oh yeah. Always do. Yeah. So um, a little bit of housekeeping from me here. Uh, I am going to read the question from a couple weeks ago, which was, have you ever self-published a children's book? Do you have interest in self-publishing a children's book? I, I didn't get these to Jeffrey in time, so I'll just go read them. Cass Medcalf has thought about it because she loves rhyming poetry and have written a few that would make fun kids' books. I know illustrations for that would be expensive, which has kept me from pursuing it. Uh, Four Moons Publishing has published a children's book. Uh, Heather Hadley has a rough draft for a children's book with the intentions of self-publishing. Need to get that book on her radar. And of course, Kim Ann, who was here, has a, a, a wonderful gif of Shakira on The Voice pointing to herself because she, of course, has published a bunch of them. Jeffrey, have you ever thought about it? A kid's book? 
I have done one workbook that is uh, based around the idea of a parent and their child ages six to uh, six to nine, 10, going through doing the workbook together and working on topics like competence, uh, being kind, um, working hard, things like that. So I do have one book out there and it, it sells okay on Amazon, but in wholesale, it sells really well. So Nice. I'll have to reach out to you about that one. My kiddo is seven. So she's right in the zone. She's right there. Um, Awesome. Uh, So you can always answer the question of the week over at sellmorebookshow.com or in the Sell More Book Show After Party Facebook group. I wanted to mention that Author Ad School is now open. uh, Adschool2024.com. It's a little different now. We've got three levels, Ad School Essentials, Ad School Plus, and Ad School Unlimited. Uh, Ad School Essentials is $39 a month. It's the lowest anyone's ever been able to get into Ad School, $39 a month. And it includes our daily Page Pals writing rooms, which is a new accountability thing that we have every single day in Ad School, where authors actually wrote over 200,000 words collectively in the month of November. And so we've got Essentials Plus and Unlimited. Uh, You can find out more at adschool2024.com. Jeffrey, you have no opinions about Ad School, right? I have found Ad School to be not just beneficial in the knowledge, but just the thing I've always talked about, this, this making books game is kind of a do things alone time, but it's so nice to be part of a group that knows what you do, understands what you do is going through the same challenges and and there's the community isn't just helpful with knowledge or helpful with support. So it's um, when you're part of ad school, it's classroom and it's, and it's recess. So it's nice. Ooh, I like the way you put that. It's classroom and it's recess. I might, might have to, might have to use that one with your permission, of course. Of course. Um, Awesome. Well, let's get into the, top story of the week uh are you ready jeffrey ready ready all right awesome top story is the top 10 publishing trends for 2024 publishing trends seem to be changing more rapidly than ever as new business models appear and technology advances says written word media's clayton noblet the uh, most agreed upon 2024 trend from industry experts is a focus on quality quote AI will change what makes a book stand out, says Ricardo Fayette of Reedsy. The more books available to readers, the more picky they are likely to become. A lot of the onus in recent years was on quantity. In the future, this probably won't cut it anymore, end quote. Alongside quality comes connectivity, uh, predicts author Orna Ross. Quote, in a world where mechanistic text proliferates. Ooh, that was a big sentence. What the yeah. marketers call author branding will become as important, uh, ever more important to readers, she says, as bland, straightforward text becomes commonplace, exciting voices will be more valued, she says. 2024 will bring more efficient marketing, such as promo stacking, more focus on protecting your copyright, greater use of TikTok ads, and the use of AI as a marketing tool. And because of the influx of AI-generated content, authors will have to refocus on the long game, says. Me, Brian Cohen of Best Page Forward. Quote, publishing has seen some ups and downs over the past few years with a pandemic, economic fluctuations, and the acceleration of AI, says Cohen. The problem is that many 
authors assumed working harder would get them the same or improved results from the major outlier of a global pandemic. This led to more author burnout, medical issues, and more frustration than ever before, end quote. Uh, I believe that 2024 will be the year that many authors realize the power of focusing on sustainability and their mental health, setting more manageable goals, and shedding their habits of trying to do it all. So, Jeffrey, um, what were your thoughts? I mean, looking at this, these 10 publishing trends, the ones we highlighted, what stuck out to you? 2023 was, I mean, especially towards the end, it was just such a big discussion of almost um, an oh my gosh conversation about people feeling pressure from Amazon changing and now AI and now ads and um, this man versus the machine conversation. And I think that just leads to us. We need to level, we need to really level up on the things we're really, really good at as people, which is connecting to our readers, to our, to the people who buy our books, um, trying to not rely on other platforms, you know, going more direct if we can. Um, uh, when not, if you do eBooks also think about making a beautiful, beautiful hardback book or paperback book that a machine can't, you know, you know, do the things that we as people and creators do so flipping well. Instead of just churning out more books. So, yeah. No, absolutely. And I think this goes back to the long game of, you know, creating products that make a connection with the readers. Yeah. uh, So that it doesn't just feel like everything else. Um, So, AI is all, is the big topic going around. It's interesting. I, I know some authors, some authors I'm friends with who, who use AI. Uh, on their drafting process, and it is really cool. And I've definitely been tempted by the the the, the cool stuff going on with that. But mm-hmm. because so much of what I do is kind of on the live teaching side, and I really like the live component, I don't really want to make an AI version of myself or make an AI <laughs> generated content. And so, you know, it doesn't end up really crossing my radar all that much. I'm going to ask you one of these hot potato wisdom questions, Jeffrey. Okay. So it could be one of these 10 and just like, this is the one that's going to take off the most, or it could be something else. What publishing trend do you think will take off or become big in 2024? I think more folks are going to fill the need and the desire to have a direct connection with the people buying their books, buying their mm. products, using their books, their readers. Uh, in my case, uh, the folks who give my books as gifts, and that's going to be through direct sales. And that's kind of returning to Kevin Kelly, the old editor of Wired Magazine, and his idea of a thousand true fans. Mm. You can find a thousand people on this earth who will spend a hundred bucks a year on what you create because you create it and they love what you do and they're connected to you and you connected to them. That's a, that's a six figure salary, you know? Yeah. So I think the more we get back to that idea of just building our tribe, building our, our, you know, really connecting and not worrying about finding the next hundred, but taking care of the hundred who, who we really connect with and then building from that hundred. So using, you know, yeah. they will spread the word. I promise. So. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And that's definitely been my exper- experience. 
um, making true fans makes a big difference. So uh, there's a hot potato question from you to me here, Jeffrey. I'm ready for it. Brian, what are, are there any trends that the experts missed, do you think? And you were one so of the I'm, experts. Oh, well, yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm very excited. Hopefully I didn't miss anything. I'm looking yeah. here. I'm looking here. It's like, you know, I, I think that some of the things that have been happening in the educational space are, are very mm-hmm. interesting as far as how authors are learning. And that isn't necessarily uh, represented here. So if I would say there was one trend that that is being missed, it's that I think that these these old school courses where you're just kind of expected to go off into a room and do them on your own without feedback, like I've seen a lot more of these two week, three week workshops that are really concentrated with a lot of feedback. Of course, there's ad school that has a lot of ongoing feedback with all the authors that are on shift. Um, I think we're going to see less of, oh, there's this giant course that has all the content in the world. And that is the expectation that you learn from that. I think authors are feeling the need even more for community, feeling the need even more to connect. And that just doesn't happen in the, the the courses that were being released. I will even say, even the courses that I was releasing back in 2015, 2016, I think uh, yeah. those those days are gone. Yeah, I, that makes total sense. Yeah. It's it's tough, though. Connection. I mean, it's connection. Yeah. <laughs> connection also takes time. And, and yeah. you have to put effort into it. And you have to have a system for it. But... Um, but I think it, it will win out in the end. Yes. <laughs> so um, we will ask a question of the week about that uh, topic in a little bit. But Jeffrey, uh, one of the, uh, I'm sure you've been excited about this, but one of the things we do ahead of the lightning round is that the guest makes a lightning sound. So I'm yes. ready for your lightning round sound, sir. Okay. Um, lightning sound. Uh Ooh, it started small, and then I liked the kind of explosive nature of it at the end. Um, and this is my favorite part of the show, describing the lightning sound. I, I love it. Um, so, Jeffrey, first lightning question to you. Yes. What are some differences between marketing a novel and a lower content book, a mid to low content book like a journal? While there are differences in tactics, the... Marketing it always boils down to um, when you make something, you're creating a new product, a book, etc. You need to know who you're making it for. You need to know why they would buy it, and then where they would buy it, and how to reach them. I mean, it's just kind of you know, you before I make anything, I determine all that stuff. I I like to pick out one or three people that I'm making the book for, and then from yeah. them, I use that's my marketing base. The, the big difference for me is, I mean, I has historically relied on Amazon ads to get the word out there to my books. Yeah. Um, my ads run a little differently than if I was a horror writer, romance writer, in that my books are always bought as gifts. So they're, um, so I'm not targeting readers of this. I'm targeting people who are buying gifts for mom, dad, etc. So um, it means certain times of the year, my ad spend is a whopper. And then other times of the year, my ads are out of kilt because 
in addition to buying my book, they also bought a romance novel and they bought dog food. And so my <laughs> also bots are out of whack. So yeah. yeah. But after a month they calmed down. But that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's really helpful. All right, sir, you got a question for me here. Yes. What do you think you learned from publishing multiple workbooks earlier in your career? Absolutely. So I, I used to publish a bunch of workbooks. I haven't in quite some time. But that was kind of the early days of my publishing career, even before the Sell More Book Show, if you can believe it, 511 plus weeks ago. But uh, I learned a lot from these workbooks. I learned the importance of very, very specific targeting. Uh, you, if, if I was going to write a book that was going to be for grades six and seven in the U.S., uh, I needed to make sure that was mentioned in the blurb, that was mentioned in the seven uh, KDP metadata keywords, and that I wasn't too general with things, especially because when I started running Amazon ads to these books, 2017, 2018, going forward, I was really general, like thinking, oh, I'll search the, do the word writing or the word writing prompts or, or these things. And I realized, well, that's not going to get the right audience for something as specific, kind of similar to what you go through with your books and your ads. It can't just be generally the topic that people are looking for. The more specific and the more relevant, the better. And I'm fortunate. I think I trained my Amazon ad knowledge a lot on these workbooks. Uh, because they they taught me some difficult lessons. Yes, costly. <laughs> yeah, some costly, some costly. Yes. But hey, yes. uh, uh, when the cost goes to me, it doesn't pass down to you. So always a yep. good thing. Always a good thing. So we're on the subject of Amazon ads a little bit here. So Jeffrey, you were one of the first listeners to my uh, short-lived Relentless Authors Advertise show uh, back in 2019. What do you think you learned about Amazon ads even back then that helped you go on this path to becoming a seven-figure author? You know, that show, and I I know back then, back then, there were a <laughs> variety of books about Amazon ads, but that was like the first weekly, you know, discussion of Amazon ads that I found anyway. Yeah. And the fun thing about it was it was all of it was such a wonderful experiment. You know, yeah. you, even the way you were doing the ads was let's, you know, talking out loud about what you were trying, talking out loud about the results, talking out loud about the progress. And it, uh, it really fleshed out. I was already doing Amazon ads, but that really helped me to look at it in such a different holistic way, the way you were kind of going through it. And the, I just love the idea that you did this experiment of a short podcast. I mean, if we treated more things like experiments, you wouldn't hesitate so often to try things. Right. Know? It kind of makes it like failure isn't failure. It's just, oh. well, it was always meant to be short. Let's see if it works. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Love that. It's, Love it's that. a coffee date. It's not marriage. So, yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh, we need more coffee dates in our lives. Um, I love that. That is awesome. I think yeah. you've got a question for me. Here. Brian, so what do you think Amazon ads, why do you think Amazon ads remain relevant even after seven and a half years after they burst onto the author scene? 
Uh, I love this. Uh, so why are Amazon ads still relevant after seven yeah. and a half years when wow. there are so many fancier, newer, cooler things, some of which were highlighted in the uh, 10 publishing trends, of course. It is because they still work for a lot of people. I think that there's this misconception that, well, Amazon ads don't work anymore, and so we're not going to put our time into it. Obviously, uh, uh, Jeffrey, who spent a, a, a fair bit on Amazon ads to have a wonderful December 2022 uh, 20, uh, and 2023, uh, is is proof enough that, hey, they still work even within the last 30 days. and. We're on, I, I I don't know if you know this, Jeffrey, this challenge that I'm doing right now is the 18th, the wow. 18th challenge, uh, 18th quarterly challenge. And we have had more folks than we're at a challenge since late 2020. We've had over 6,400 people register. And I think that there's still an appetite out there. There's still folks who know that if you're going to be selling on Amazon, it helps to run the ads on the platform where you're hoping to sell those books. Yes, it does. Yeah. No, the ads bin is so cool because I remember some of those same folks who were with me kind of going, huh, what? Explain. And now you look <laughs> at them and they're just like making it look easy on Amazon ads oh, and God. selling tons of books. I mean, it's just 18, 18, other, 18 of them. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's been a it's been a while. I yeah. I had to like count them. I was looking at the calendar and that's the only way I figured it out cuz I was like, yeah. how many is it? Like 12 at this point? 14? And like, no. Underestimated. 18. Underestimated. Yeah. Um last lightning question for you, sir. So, yeah. when authors hear your story about spending tens of thousands of dollars to earn $200,000 plus two yeah. Decembers in a row, what do you think they miss about the progression of Amazon ad spending? Well, uh, the first thing is to remember is uh, my Amazon ad, well, I run them all year long um, because my sales so far have been very much based around uh, a tripod of Mother's Day, Father's Day, Christmas. That's the right. biggest sellers of my books, their gifts, which means my ad spend during those time periods uh, that's when I really double down and focus. Um, but to anything that you want to scale up requires more investment. And I have learned over the years that as long as those ads are producing a good result on ad spend, then I don't mind investing more dollars. You know, I tend to get two or three dollars back for every dollar I spend on Amazon ads at those times mm -hmm. of the year. So, um, but it's a daily look at, but I like looking at the data, so it's okay. Yeah. But yeah, it's just like with anything to scale it up. It does. It needs more fuel. Yeah. So, which is yeah. dollars in this case. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, great answer there. Great lightning round. We need a question of the week here. We can talk about these 10 publishing trends, or we can talk about something else. You're the yeah. guest, sir. What what would you like to talk about? Kind of going back to the idea that I mean, we've always talked about this, but maybe 2024 is the year that people really begin earnestly, strategically connecting with their customers, their readers. And what are folks doing to build their reader group, their 
you know, build those, those raving true fans that love what they put out and you learn from them as well. So what are the tactics and techniques you're using to connect to your readers and build, build those groups? So. I love it. How do you plan to build your group of raving true fans in 2024? What tactics and techniques will yeah. you use? Great question. Um, thank you, sir. Um, you can answer the question of the week over at sellmorebookshow.com or in the comment section for uh, the Sellmore Book Show after party post. Uh, Jeffrey, this has been fun. You know, you should come back next week, too. I, I'll put it on my schedule. Thank you. All right. Awesome. Um, so, yeah, I appreciate that. Um, where can people find more out about your books? You can find my um, my web store at uh, hearyourstorybooks.com or, um, hear, and hear your story on Amazon. You can find Hear Your Story on Etsy. You can find Hear Your Story on walmart.com. So, like I said, we try to be everywhere and hope to be in a store near you soon. So, Love it. Awesome, sir. Thank you again for spending your time with us today. Thank you for inviting. Of course, of course. So, uh, spoiler alert, Jeffrey will be back next week uh, on the next episode of the show. Uh, you can join him and, and 2,000 other authors in ad school at adschool2024.com and get those new daily writing rooms, which uh, folks are really excited about, along with all of our wonderful content, adschool2024.com. Thank you again uh, for Jeffrey. I'm Brian. Have a great week of book selling, everybody. And we'll be back next week for episode 512. Yes. See you, everybody. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Sell More Book Show. Visit the website at www.sellmorebookshow.com for detailed show notes and subscription information or to send us news or comments for use on the show. Also, please take a moment to subscribe to the show and leave us a review. Thank you very much for listening and happy book selling. <laughs>